gather around boys and girls and let me tell you a tale of irritation, frustration, and another word, Joe Face, that I don't know if I want to share right now. But, yeah, the mic quality here versus what's in today's episode versus what's in the next episode and then what's in the following... It's a mess. It's kind of all over the place. You see, I tried to upgrade, though. I didn't want to make the full-on serious business podcasting studio or, you know, mini-podcasting studio upgrade because that's well out of what I should be spending on this. It's outside of responsible spending, let's say. You know, we're talking over 100 bucks for multiple pieces of equipment. Anyway, so looking for the minor upgrade, I see the well let's say a twenty dollar mic. Go in there, do my do my research, and see a whole lot of YouTube videos with tests and the sound quality is good. It's like, oh yeah, dynamic mic, doesn't need a preamp, doesn't need this or that. But you know, then I think I saw at least one video saying that, oh yeah, if you really want like to crank up your podcasting or your YouTube video thing deal, get this and this particular mixer. So, you know, not only did I have a uh, step one, I had a step two. So I get the step one, and it is whisper quiet. You'll probably hear some of that in this episode, though I tried my damn to stand it out. And, yeah... And so I'm thinking, okay, maybe it just needs to get to step two. Maybe that's it. I'll just jump to that a little early. So I get it. So between the $20 mic and the $60 mixer, it's still whisper quiet. Turns out the piece of equipment I needed was a preamp. See, they say dynamic microphones don't need phantom power, but they're assuming in most cases if the dynamic mic isn't made for the computer then the assumption is that it's going into like an amp or something like that. Something that will provide power needed. Something that plugs into like an outlet or some shit. But when you take, you know, a microphone not meant for the computer, get that little adapter that, you know, makes the other end a USB and then you plug it into the computer, chances are the computer is not going to provide enough power for the thing to work, even if it's not supposed to be phantom power. It, chances are, will need phantom Unless it's like again actively made for the computer, like it's got its own micro USB port to a USB port that goes into your computer, like your your, your Audio Technica, your Samsung, your Knox microphones. Yeah, those are those are good sort of in between steps of upgrading. And yeah, that's what I should have got, but I didn't. Point is, is like I'm a hundred bucks in and. So if I don't sell this thing this week, I'm just going to bite the bullet and get the preamp. And if that doesn't work, I'm just going to go out and kill somebody. Anyway, Nights and Magic. Please enjoy. Okay, so before anybody asks, uh, Mike is off doing a joint business. Mm-hmm. And uh, won't be joining us for this episode. The level of animu in this anime may have given that away, however. 
<laughs> not yeah. only are we watching something completely new, this is like steeped in like both anime and full on otaku tropes. Yes. Oh god, yes. This is this is that uh deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but uh yeah, and um I'm not sure how much it surprised this will be, but uh Joe actually picked this show. Mm-hmm. This one is like fresh off the cutting board. I believe this is this anime is for the summer, uh, the the summer which is summer right now. Yeah. Um, summer lineup. So it's like well, there's only three episodes out so far. Yeah, pretty much. There might be four by the time this comes. This episode comes out, but yeah, yeah, this is definitely a fresh cut here. Um, just so people know, new episodes, I mean, if you have to listen to us or if you've just already watched it yourself, new episodes come out every Sunday uh, at 8 a.m., I believe. So that's when you can see new episodes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the cartoons you used to watch when you were a little kid, if you're, um, I guess, near or above 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh, might be dealing with a younger crowd with this episode <laughs> yeah um the thing i do like about this and all these i've been watching a lot more anime lately and i have just been loving the fact that these shows have been popping up and uh like on the weekends because it really like it's like hero academia that that shows every saturday this shows every sunday it's mm. and it's always in the morning so it's it's bringing back that childhood excitement of yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. That weekend morning. And yeah, everyone talks about Saturday morning cartoons. But uh, fun fact for all you whippersnappers out there, there were cartoons on Sunday morning too. Yes, there was. There was Sunday morning was packed full of good stuff as well, but it was always Saturday was the one. Yeah, Saturday was the sweet spot. Granted, not all the channels ran cartoons on Sunday. Mm. But the ones that did, they made some money. Oh, indeed. Because the kids needed something to watch while the parents were watching football or cooking or cleaning or going on errands or doing whatever the hell adults do. <laughs> yeah, we still don't know. We're well into our 30s. Mm. Yeah. Someday. Well, Someday. We don't, have, we don't have kids, Joe. Well, that's true. We don't. Maybe I have a few. I don't know. Um, I think I'd be pretty happy if I had a kid like the one in this show. Oh. Though I'm not sure how I'd feel about my child being like a, having the soul of a grown man. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, A grown man who is very much an otaku. Uh, He's a serious business otaku. He's specifically a uh, robot otaku. Yeah, and the kind of robot, yeah, and the kind of Mekotaku, like, he's just not super into the anime and all that kind of stuff, the TV, the cartoons. He was really into the models and really building them and doing all that stuff, which yeah, to the degree that it was rumored by his uh, co-workers that he had a a two-bedroom apartment. One is exclusively for holding all the models. Yes, this guy, this guy loves, you know what, before I guess we start jumping into that stuff, maybe, because I mean, that's like how the show opens up. Maybe we should talk about that first, just, you know, what's going on there. Oh, what, like that first episode, like how it starts up? 
Yeah, I mean, because when it started up, it had it a looked, completely different vibe. It uh, looked like a completely different anime, yeah. And then, you know, you find out that he, you know, he ends up dying and his body's reincarnated into a little boy or as he very often gets mistaken for a little girl. So that's yeah, that, very, that was different. Very androgynous uh, design, but androgyny is nothing new to Japan. No. They're really and, big on it. And it's starting to seem like this is becoming a trend, at least in the past few years, where you're having a lot of anime where the characters are thrown into a fantasy world or thrown into some sort of video game or, or stuff like that, some yeah. sort of alternate it's, reality. It's a rising trend. Um, there's a term for it. Uh, they call it a isekai. isekai. Mm, sorry. I think in Japanese actually means another world. There's already a name for it. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's, popular. It's most popular with um, like light novels and web novels. Mm-hmm. That's how most of these actually start, and then they eventually get adapted. But- um, kind of like how before, normally, like when we were coming up, the things that were getting adapted in the animes were mangas. Now, yeah, it's a lot of light light novels. And it's happening a like a tremendous amount. Um, one thing I really did like a lot about how they kind of set this one up. At first, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh boy, he's gonna fall into another world, and some dimension's gonna open up, or he's gonna get hit by the car, and the car is gonna then transfer him to a different world, or something bizarre yeah. like that." I didn't expect him to die. He ended up just well, I mean, that was yeah. out of nowhere. That's that's kind of like the uh, newer take on it. I think it's kind of like what separates uh, the the handful of isekai stories we saw coming up mm. compared to the ones coming out now. Whereas, um, and the ones you're seeing now, one, the uh, getting hit by a car is a trope within itself. A lot of them yeah. start with somebody getting hit by a vehicle and dying. But that's the thing. They usually start with somebody dying and reincarnating versus getting sent to another world as they are. And I think Yeah. I think some of that is so they can have like access to the skills and knowledge that one would have living in that world versus having to discover it. And that I actually really liked about the show because the the kid, you know, he, he you could tell that he was using he was, a, you know, in his other life was a programmer and very, you know, the way he thought about stuff was in a very problem solving way. He kind of broke mm-hmm. things down by data and numbers and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. they, they used all of that. But they also used his his otakoness, I guess you want to call it that yeah, way. And it's his love for robots both his all came together and how obsessive he is. Yes, like, that was you know, great. The, the tedious parts of getting good at and learning anything won't bother him anywhere near as much since he's so into it. And he is really into it. <laughs> like there's a there's a hilarious line in episode three when they're just uh, after he defeated the big demon thing, which I guess we'll get into a little bit uh, later. Um, they asked. Yeah, they they ask like, what what do you want? What do you, why do you want to build the robots? And he's like saying, well, it's my hobby. And it's just, uh, I mean, the king's like everyone's cracking up and laughing, and like I guess his father or something is just saying, I'll discipline him later. I'm sorry he did this. You know, it's just yeah. it, it's hilarious that he has that mindset mm-hmm. of just a fanboy, but he's just yeah, it's great. I like that. Yeah, there's a few other like weird slips that uh. I guess give away that he's not of that world, though not to the degree that anyone's suspicious. 
Uh, one of which being that he keeps referring to the mechs as robots. Right, and no one knows what he's talking about yeah. every and time he says that. When he uh, redesigns the wand, he uh, uses the word gun a couple times, and they're like, what? Um, okay. <laughs> it's great. I, I like that. But I'm so happy, so happy they didn't go in another trending direction where a character falls into another world, especially if it's a fantasy world, and he's usually just surrounded by women. And it's just, and it just kind of goes from there. They and he's go just in- a little bit of the ways there in that he's reincarnated as a very attractive kid. And there's at least two characters fawning over him. But what keeps that from getting uncomfortable on account mm-hmm. of he's got the soul of a grown man and there's little <laughs> kids fawning over him yeah. is that every time they like latch onto him, he makes the same face. Yes, I love that. <laughs> it's really kind of annoying. It's just really empty face. It's, it's it's not pervy or anything like that. And I think his character, which I like it even more, is that he's just not the typical pervy guy. He accidentally always trips and falls on someone's cleavage or something. Mm-hmm. He really just cares about his hobby. That is it. That's all he wants. He just yeah. wants to to build robots and that's pretty much learn magic and that's pretty much I mean, it. Yeah, he's basically reacting to this any otaku the way any otaku would going to like a fantasy world like that. Granted, um, I guess the fact that he's such an otaku is meant to explain why there's no wondering about the other world, no longing or anything like mm. that. Um, you know, some of that can be ignored because this is at its core an escapist fantasy type show. Oh God, yes, and it's just it. It makes me, I mean, it's not by far not my most favorite robot mech fantasy show, but it's, it's, it's delightful. I like the characters. They're not, um, really annoying. None of them are really annoying or anything like that. And like you said, uh, it's, they're the few girls that are kind of all over him and stuff. It's, it's just like kid fun type stuff. It's not really. Uh, you know, kind of just acting their age, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. They just, they really like him because he's just so adorable. And he is, I mean, they, they, <laughs> they made him look like a very cute little, I guess, little girl. So it's, mm-hmm. but, but he never really pays attention to any of that. And he's just so, man, is he focused? The only time things get weird is when he expresses how much love he has for those robots. Mm-hmm. That's when things like, I think it was an episode three or two where he's just kind of hugging the robot and like mm-hmm. touching and kind of just oh, feeling yeah, all over he's it. He's like, yes, it's so cold and metal. <laughs> yes. I remember that when they like, yeah, when he sees the, um, the uh, silhouette gear. Yes. Which yeah. I think are my favorite robots in this show. Those things are really cool. Like, I like I them. Want, I want, I remember saying I was watching it and I said this, I think out loud, like I want one of those right now. <laughs> Oh, they were really, I mean, they're really good. So what did you think of the story? I mean, it's, it's not anything, we don't know much about it yet, Mm -hmm. but. Um, this show seems like it's very much going to be about lore and world building, which are my wheelhouse. Uh, it felt a bit, uh, I don't know, a bit hollow outside of that. They're not doing anything too amazing with the characters. It doesn't seem like there's going to be too much of a plot. Like, everything outside of the world building seems like it'll be serviceable. And 
will to that end, you know, be about like it's it's a vehicle for world building, which is fine yeah, I... since there's a lot of shit going on in here. Yeah, especially in the opening. In the opening, they would they present like a whole bunch of different things happening. All these different robots flying around, all these different characters popping up that we haven't seen yet, and lots of demons and monsters and just. Yeah. So I think you're right. There's the the characters themselves. They they kind of jump right into really quickly, and then they kind of just leave it at that. Like this is who you are, and then okay. But it really just seems to be about all right. Like what are these characters? What are these characters going to be doing in the world to make the world? Mm kind of more flushed out well, and that's yeah. like it's being established that this kid and you know those he meets are basically i mean right now they're changing the way the world that world works so I oh, yeah it's going to keep happening i mean they hinted at something of a plot forming at the end of that third episode yes but and it's and also very much going to be about the mechs oh i can tell in the in the opening, I think it was of the third episode, mm-hmm. he, you could, you saw this really just epic looking mech, and it was just really like huge and the gold looking in the, space. That it, yeah, yes, there's some crazy stuff going on that's going to apparently start happening. So that thing looks it, godly. Yeah, yes, it was starting. To, I was starting to think of like Gundam Wing. I was like, Jesus, mm-hmm. there's some there's some nutty stuff that's going to be happening. And there was that other robot. Or um, that was, I think it was like gold and black or something. It was really, really big. Mm-hmm. It like this huge sword. I can't remember exactly how it looked, but it. Um, I think you're right. There's once they start building all the the mechs and all that stuff up. I think from then on out, it's going to be like you're going to see new mechs. You're going to see new demons, new story, and then maybe some outer space battles somehow. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Jesus! Like you know, if I had to venture a guess, I'm probably going to say that those people we saw, um, the end at the end of episode three, are probably looking to steal the plans or something like that. It's probably going to at some point come down to like, oh, we've got the super god space mech, and they're like, ha ha, we have one too. It's time for a DBZ battle with robots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then out of nowhere, we're going to see Zex and Hero and all of them. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> no, oh that would God. be insane. Uh, we will at some point watch Gundam Wing for this that's show. That's just absurd. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the only thing that really bothered me, and I, this is just something, a little, little nitpicky thing, I, and it's becoming really popular, too. I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of mixing 3D with 2D. It looks mm. kind of hokey to me. Um, uh, the the mechs look amazing. They look really cool. But there's just something about having a 3D model on a 2D backdrop that just looks funky to me. And I, it's just yeah. it, it's not. There's some anime where if it's not, I think this one has a decent budget. But some of those lower end animes that try and do that because yeah. doing the 3D is quicker and easier than 2D. It just looks bad and doesn't or like doesn't fix well the, like earlier attempts um one thing i can probably recommend since it feels a bit similar in spirit is an anime called pilot candidate mm. and that was one of the earliest instances of seeing that where the characters were anime and the robots were cg uh, this is yeah like, this is like uh 
early ass 2000 CG. So that looks janky. Yeah, but um, that uh, it doesn't bother me as much, but I can see why. Uh, because it does kind of stand out. They're like the two different animation styles are in very stark contrast with one another. They really are. Uh, it, it's not done badly. I mean, they do it. It's decent how they do it. And uh, the fights between the behemoth, you know, the demon and, and the mechs was cool because they were both in 3D. So it was, um, Yeah. It's, it's definitely not a thing I'd like to see a lot of, but I'm glad they're not going crazy with it, which is like how some anime tries to do where they'll just have just the anime character, just the characters themselves might be 2D and most of everything else might be 3D or sometimes it's not and sometimes it is and it's just it's it just looks ugh. yeah you want you definitely want to be mindful of the contrast because uh, yeah and it can look weird. weird yeah uh, but at least the mechs themselves are very they um they built them in um in a very like I guess really nice way because what what I think I love about Gundam Wing and lots of other uh, mech related anime is that they'll really draw them and make them sound like it's an actual machine, the way they move, the way they, the parts, like you're like steam exhaust coming out and stuff. And you could, um, they do this, they do it in this anime as well. Like when they were out in the forest or when they were just training to do the the training trials, um, the mechs were kind of lumbering a bit and they were kind of moved. I like stuff like that, that makes Mm -hmm. them feel like they're real and make them look like they're real. And they did a good job with that. So I definitely, that always gets me excited when it seems a bit more real, even though mechs aren't real, but it's just, you know, yeah. no, I, I see what you mean completely. And that's like one of the things that always interests me when I see something giant robot related is, uh, getting some ideas to how the robots work, how they're made. And, um, they can hand wave a little bit here with the, uh, fact that they utilize magic for a lot. Yes. Like and that. they have like, the sort of like MacGuffin piece of technology being the uh, the ether core, which, so I, cool. which I suspect is like part of a lot of those giant monsters they fight. Mm. Probably like probably like Escaflone, where they have like, oh yeah, the uh, core of this robot is an actual dragon's heart. Yeah, I was getting a serious Escaflone vibe with this show. Mm-hmm. But it, it makes sense. I think like uh, one of the things that's established is that like a lot of magic. Uh, I think it's like people have mana, but they need a catalyst in order to use it, which is what those like magic crystals. Mm. And the demon beasts they fight are are like beasts, animals, whatever that have magic crystals as part of their physiology. So cool. I love when they do stuff like that. And so, ah. Uh, and so, just, what you have with the behemoth is this thing that's basically like it's got a tough outer shell, but parts of that outer shell are giant magic generating crystals. So it augments itself. So it's just like a big ass walking tank. And that's what made that battle neat. And I, I, you, some, when they show inside of like the, the cockpit of the mech, you can see how what they have to do is be careful on how much they strain the mech because you can see all those canisters full of mana that are kind of going up and down based on how... Yeah, serving different functions. Like, one is, like, moving it. One is, like, for attacks. 
One is for hardening the armor. That's so great. I love when they do stuff like that. Yeah, the and, level of detail is really neat. Uh, I think, again, it was in episode three. And also, too, we're, we're saying a lot from episode three because episode one and two are really not so much filler, but kind of like build up. up. Episode one, that's pretty much all it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you saw the big fight, the first big fight and the second one. The third one is when they're really just kind of going deep into it. And, man, do they go deep into it when the, the kid is like super into building mechs and stuff. And when they were in the hangar just trying to design new models, he was just going in like crazy detail. Like this is what we have to do for this. And this is how much yeah. mana it's going to take here. The crystals. Ah, ah. I like stuff like that. It, it, it makes you wonder about, I guess, like just the people in our history. Like <laughs> watching this, it made me think, okay, so were Da Vinci and Tesla actually from <laughs> other worlds? <laughs> Yeah, or maybe they were from the future and got sent back. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, uh, it's just oh man, it, they do it's seem kinda... like like sorcerers or who knows. Yeah, well, yeah, I say that about uh, Michio Kaku. Like <laughs> that, I think that guy is actually a wizard. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure one day, one day I'm going to turn on one of his lectures and he's going to be floating around the <laughs> conference hall. It's like, as you see, I am floating around on a controlled air current. That's, that's In right. 30 years, we'll all be able to do this, but uh, it's pretty complicated. Let's talk about force fields. Yes, and if you want a quirk as well, please follow my instructions. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, so I also did like how the machines are powered by, by mana magic or mm-hmm. magical energy. And that once it runs out, the machine is done. Like it just shuts down. Yeah. So it's just it, the battery. Exactly. Yeah. It, so it's, it's, there's limits to these machines, even when in episode two, when he had kind of just reconfigured the robot. So his tiny little figure could, no, he, <laughs> could actually uh, drive the like thing. Reprogrammed it. He did. He pulled those wires, like that. I guess the controls out, and he just strapped all the wires again around his gun that he made, his mana shooting gun, and powered it. And uh, I just, I just like how, even though he was loving that to death, I mean, he was just laughing and screaming while the he other was, guy behind him was just yeah, shaking. He was and a little kid playing with a toy. That's what. It, that's all this is to him. He's just playing with toys. But when he was fighting that behemoth and. That the machine was getting really stressed and he it only had so much power left, so he had to kind of like think on his feet to figure out what he could do to solve the problem. And yeah. just, I love situations like that where mm-hmm. they the heroes of the show have to kind of really think on their feet and whatever tool they have only has a limited amount of power. It's kind of like the Spider Man movies when uh, like the, with Tobey Maguire where he um run out of webbing and he kind of had to figure out what to do for that second you know stuff like that or anytime with spider-man well yeah but, it's it's one of the reasons why we like hero academia so much yes that too uh yeah, it was a uh, it was pretty slick using the uh sword and the thing's eye as a lightning rod that's the that's nuts oh man yeah um i was gonna say something in that regard uh yeah it does um I mean, it's one of the uh, problems you run into with uh, isekai stories, and I guess it's my one critique, one big Mm. critique of this show, is that the main characters tend to be huge-ass Mary Sues. And Mm. while they 
do explain some of like they the fact that he's from another world and has the knowledge of a grown man does explain a lot of what's going on in here. Mm. Like uh, his ability to use magic is because the way magic works in that world is similar to programming. I love that. Like, <laughs> you're using gay. like runes as opposed to like command lines. Yeah. Well, and that's what he that's what he kept saying when they were in the hangar again. They kept saying, "Well, we'll just run these scripts to make everything, you know, yeah. act this way." And it's just that was, <laughs> I think that was another one of those words that weirded people out. <laughs> yes, yes. And, awesome. I mean, everything he can do makes sense. Like there so far we haven't come across any like over the top least over the top stupid ass pulls like uh Sword Art Online where Kirito is suddenly a uh professional level programmer. Ugh, yeah, that was yeah. Kind of uh, so like so far, like hopefully we won't run into that, but it's still kind of noticeable that like, mm-hmm. this kid is super magical and cool. He can do everything correct, and he's better than everyone at everything, and he's more creative, and he can think on his feet and fight better, and he's prettier than everybody, and everybody loves him. <laughs> well, I mean, the, they're, not, uh, they're not like how should I put this? They're not actively being obnoxious about it. Mm. But it's still getting a little obnoxious. Like it, it pulls it, me out a little. I guess is what well, I'm it, in fact they're going the complete opposite direction. Where, as you kind of mentioned earlier, the kid doesn't acknowledge the fact that he's super cute and everyone seems to love him for that, or that the fact that he's a a genius or all that he you know he yeah. constantly constantly reminding everyone that he's a genius. He very much is in his own little world. Yeah. He doesn't really care he's, about anything else. Uh, I guess another comparison to uh, Hero Academia. He's a lot like Deku in that sense. Yeah, that's a good one. He's True. just kind of super pumped to be there. And mm. anyone there he thinks is cool by default. So like, no matter how seemingly unimportant or lame you might be, if you're there with him, he's like, yeah, you're, you're bro tier. You're cool. Yeah, ends up but making he, a lot of friends that way. Even the the the, the coward, uh, you know, the guy who just freaked. Well, you know, you know what? I take that back. He wasn't. He he did run he away, acted, but he was legit he, yeah. traumatized. He was. I mean, when you see a when you're thinking, so he's in high school. I think that's the way they were grouping it. He was one of the high schoolers, and the high schoolers had the bigger mechs. And I think that was the first time he ever was in a real battle, like with a. And if your yeah. first real battle is a ginormous behemoth, I, I don't yeah. blame him for freaking out. What did they say the behemoth was? It was like uh, I can't. I, don't know, I can't remember. I can't remember what the term was, but it seemed like they said like platoon or squad class or something. It was, it was a high level. It uh, seems like they demon. classify these things based on how many people it takes to take it down. Because the word they use seemed to indicate you wanted like a whole like army team or, or something. Yeah. And it did take a lot. Yeah. It took a lot of people to take that well, thing down. A bunch of guys with specialized weapons were... Which still wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, so I, I don't blame him for freaking out. They didn't quite have enough guys. Yeah, that, that's probably what something. it was. So... I mean, I don't blame him for freaking out and kind of cowering and stuff, but but there, even during that time, the main character, like you were saying, his character 
was just he was a very, he's a very nice guy, mm. even though the guy was after everything was over and he was still kind of uh, dwelling on it and having self pity for himself. The well, kid was like, "No, man, I needed you. You were great. Yeah, you that helped kind of me thing. out. We did it together. We're yeah. cool." <laughs> Yeah, in a situation where, like, a lot of other shows would kind of, like, harp on that guy being shat on. Um, and the thing is, is him being, being like, you know, in that state he was in made perfect sense. It was, like, a oh, yeah. day after. <laughs> like, Traumatic I mean, experience. He seems like he's recovered, but realistically, that's going to stay with him for a long time. Oh yes, he there will be. Nightmares. Saw one of his uh, friends like die first day. Is, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's um, some PS. Was it? What's that PT, word? PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. Yeah. That's exactly. That's exactly what that is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think the main character, which is name, it's not Ed. It's um, oh, shoot, I keep forgetting the main character's name. Sorry, sorry with an E, F, Eddie, Eddie, or something like that. But um, let me look it up. Yeah, he reminds me of Genki from Monster Rancher. Same just, type of character, and yeah, yeah Monster Rancher is another story like that too. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah thrown into another world. world. He's just Genki was just super high on life, which is named Genki, if I'm correct. Doesn't that mean? Energy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And this kid is the same way. He's just super happy all the time. I can see why that might get a little irritating after a while, but. Um, I don't know. I like, I like him. He's, he's really super happy about everything, but not like all, not enough that it's in your face all the time. Yeah. He has a infectious energy level. I guess they all called him Ernie. It was like Ernesti or something like that. That's what it was. I knew it started with an E or something. Yeah. It's not a very Japanese name. I know that. Well, no, this is supposed to be a... Very Japanese take on medieval Europe, or a ah, world like okay. medieval Europe. That explains it then. But um, about going back to the thing you were saying about how you know how he's just this genius kid and he's able to jump on everything and understand everything. The way I see it is that even though it's all mana and magic and sorcery and learning all different techniques and stuff. It almost seems like that would equal to what programming is in our world. Yeah, it, well, but... yeah, they established that. I mean, none of these things, it's not like any of these things don't make sense. It's not, it's, either, again, I compare it to Sword Art, where Kirito, mm -hmm. anytime Kirito hit a point where he should have, you know, been pushed and hit a wall, he'd manifest some skill we didn't know he had. And it was like, oh, yeah, I do that. And there's not really a whole lot that goes into why you know normally these characters uh, will have some weakness somewhere mm -hmm. and i guess i guess that's uh the best way i can describe i i see what you describe uh, no i, I get what you're saying yeah like no he, I, I i totally get what you're saying his skill base could have been two different characters like there could have been one guy who was the really good knight really good with magic really good with the sword then there could have been another character that's like the super creative guy but he's mm. both so, and again, I think, and again, it's explained yeah. because he has the knowledge of a grown man who was an expert programmer and is really into this stuff. It's all explained, so it makes sense. But I, I can see why it still would get to you. Yeah, the issue is kind of a higher bit. tier. 
they're they're basically just using a fact that he that the world that everything that happens at world is the equivalent of programming in, in his you know in our world is is his excuse for being able to hack just about every situation so he yeah. can just figure out you know like in in a scenario where no one else because even in the third episode the that guy i guess he's responsible for i guess he's the mechanical engineer responsible for managing all the building of everything when the kid was telling him you know this is how i was able to defeat the behemoth i just ripped out the main control and we configured everything and he said okay well let's just say hypothetically you were able to somehow do that mm. and the, he didn't believe him it's re i mean how yeah what person could know how to do that with their first time using a Mac? No one. So yeah, it's it's kind of like okay, I needed to program this uh, game, but the operating system, I couldn't use the operating system, so I kind of like went into DOS and recreated one, <laughs> <laughs> and then made right. the game. <laughs> I mean, that's what modders do. I mean, that's essentially that's all modders do. So I guess you could say he's a modder. He's just modifying everything. He's just, I mean, even, oh my God, he is a modder. Because you think about it in episode two, no, I think it was, I think it was two. He, um, when he was, he told his teacher, because he was trying to get him, trying to get them to bump him up to a higher level in the teaching for the magic. You know, if I can prove to you that I can just complete this assignment well, well beyond anyone else, you'll, you guys will push me up. And he just, I guess, combined that, that low level magic with a mechanic, the gun he made. And it just, so it's like he's like basically modifying the entire everything you can do in that world to do how he wants it to do it. So I, yeah, which but I can totally see how that would get huge. a little irritating though. Yeah, yeah, it's not that it's not done well. It's just it's it's too big for any story. It, yeah, especially yeah, since I, his character is twelve. <laughs> right, right. I mean, again, soul of a grown man, but like this twelve-year-old kid is redefining everything is and i believe in the first episode right before the the guy died he was like a god-like programmer everyone was saying they were all just bowing down to him he was just so good at what he did and oh, all that yeah. stuff and the fact that he was a crazy otaku that stored an entire room full of mech models and everything they, they, they kind of look past yeah, yeah if you're good at programming like if, if that keeps him with us let him do it yeah Exactly. So, I mean, they set it all up in a good way and kind of gave some excuses to why he's just so good at everything. But still, it is that little trope that, yeah, you know, he's this, this tiny little character who's has godlike ability and is able to push through any type of situation. Yeah. Yeah, can handle every situation you're thrown at him and he's better than everyone at everything and he's doing things that everyone can't. And everyone likes him, and he's super cool and handsome and slick and this and that. Really, the only like flaw the character has right now, um, well, outside of being an obsessive otaku, is that he's short. Yes. And, and again, uh, he's twelve. <laughs> but I think even for being twelve, his remember because his friends are around his same age, so he is just short, though. Yeah, he well, is like yeah, he short. Is shorter. He does appear to be shorter than average. Yeah, he's and like it's the same height as the girl, and, and they, they keep making jokes about that. Yeah, that's why he can't part get why, part of why everybody. Yeah, one he. That's why he can't pilot a mech, and two, that's why everybody thinks he's a girl too. <laughs> Jesus, 
I think that's why he ended up making those in the third episode, those other suits, which I thought were so yeah, cool. The, uh, silhouette gears, which yes, I, know. I that's see why you my those. shit right there. All they need is a helmet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I did like how the guy who was the coward in the beginning was just so full of energy and excited when he had the gear on. He's just running around and well, he's just... he just he did get tired playing tag with the kids though. <laughs> when they were running away like he was behind kind of slowly like just but that was that, funny. That did stand out too because they established that um the, those three kids are like mana monsters since they've been they've been using magic since they were little. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it it does say something that he could keep up with them at all. And it seemed like he was saying that his thing was more it was more mana control than raw ass amounts of mana in and of itself. Now my question is with the mana, is it mana that they load up inside of the mech, or is this mana that's coming from them? Like think, how is it? I think based on the idea of the ether the ether core, mm. I think it's both. Okay. I think I think the core probably produces the lion's share of the mana, but they use mana in turn to operate certain systems and mm-hmm. probably augment it with their own. Because I remember the team, uh, I guess the the captain of the knights or something, when he was trying on the gear and he was telling the kid, "Can you please make this less complicated? It's so hard to use and it uses up so much mana." That's what started making me think. Well, this suit's not very. There's not a lot going on with this suit, like uh, like the other mechs. So maybe it is. And he looked exhausted. So maybe it is taking. Well, well yeah, he does well, specifically ask: Is there some way we can put an ether core in this? Okay, so it's from both. Which is um, why I think in the case of the uh, the silhouette knights, like the big mechs, there's an ether core, whereas um, the silhouette gears just go on the uh, person's individual mana. And I can mm. make sense of that considering it's a bit smaller. I imagine it's still really heavy. Yes, and those kids have so much energy. They were just jumping around everywhere. So I'm, so I'm guessing they're probably going to be okay. And and also too, when you saw in the opening, or was it the the, the ending? I can't remember. Um, it seems like from here on out, the knights, the normal knights, are going to be using the big mechs. But then the kid and his other friends, they're all going to be using the gears. That's what it looked yeah. like. That's pretty cool. I imagine as uh, time goes on in that world. The gears are going to be like foot soldiers slash like small skirmish guys. Yeah. And then either that or they're going to be training units. But it seems like they're going to get regular use, which is cool. That's going to be make for some very interesting battles. So that's what I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. Uh, clearly, they're going to be making really interesting new mechs and gears and all that cool stuff. But. Yeah. Storyline wise, is it going to be the typical thing where there's another kingdom that steals the plans of this kingdom because their tech is better and then they want to defeat them and so on and so forth? Or is it going to be something a bit bigger, like something I'm, like why? Yeah, I, I imagine there's probably going to be some stuff involving another kingdom and skirmishes. I'm kind of hoping more the direction of some sort of like sentient threat within the whole demon beast thing. Yes, I want to see more of that. There's like a sentient, like, maybe there's like a tribe of humanoid demons that are like utilizing these guys or something. Mm. I want to see that. 
Um, I, I a war between humans using the mechs might be interesting to some degree, but you kind of like lose the. Uh, I'm not sure how to put this. Um, but right oh, now the show on. is really like fun and bright and uh-huh. happy. And if you have a war between humans, even humans and mechs, it's going to get dark. Well, <laughs> that's like every Gundam show in a nutshell right there. It's just Gundam, that stuff. It's Macross. Dark. Most Macross, Robotech. Shows. Robotech. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, most of them, <laughs> they're, they're, they're about war, and war is fucking brutal. About <laughs> war and politics. So much oh, yeah. politics. War, <laughs> politics, culture, PTSD. It's heavy stuff, and I guess one of the refreshing elements of this is how light it is. I am really happy about that. I can't think of, well, outside of all of those really kitty mech shows, uh, like, I think they did a Gundam show where they had little figurines. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, there was one. It was like toys or something or other where it's like you make the model kit and then you fight it like a metabot. That's right. Yeah, it's like Metabot and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm liking this because it's got it's kind of has this nice middle ground where it still has that kitty, cartoony, you know, kid show feel to it. Mm-hmm. But it's they're like right on the line of becoming Gundam or something in that area. Yeah, it's just they can they can go there if they want to. But I feel like they can come. Back. I feel like you can show this on Saturday morning right now and be fine. That would be great. Yeah, this, I could totally see this being that kind of show. Uh, something I could see it on Toonami or well, what Toonami puts on that? This would be more into like might, stuff. I'd say this too. might be a bit light for. I mean, Toonami can. This would be a bit light for Toonami. Mm-hmm. Well, Toonami now with that midnight time slot. I'd say you're safer showing this during the day. Uh, even mm-hmm. when it gets heavier, maybe like put it in the afternoon time slot, like the after school time kind of like old school tsunami where it came on at like three and ran till like five or seven or something yeah i can this is a perfect spot for that or back in the day when um fox used to show a lot of anime and cartoons and i could see this being being on fox yeah. in the morning or on the wb they they had weird they did early morning like really like seven eight no six it was usually they showed dragon ball z i remember at six thirty to like seven it was super early in the morning I was always late for school. That's fine though. Yeah, but um, yeah, especially fucking where where me and you met. Yeah, uh, being no, late no, for school was there. a blessing at that place. <laughs> yes, I had so first thing too. Screw that yeah. place. <laughs> oh well, I will probably keep watching this. I don't know how many episodes. I didn't look up how many episodes this is. This is a short one. Or if this is a long one. I'm not sure. It'll probably be an off and on thing. I don't know. I don't know how psych Mike would be for this. No, no I don't. This is probably one of those animes that I'm just going to watch um, kind of on the side. Well, and just... yeah. One thing we could, cause something I've been wanting to try, and maybe me and you can try it at some point, is to like uh, do an episode about an entire series. Versus I, yeah. I so, would like that. yeah, maybe we can just kind of keep this uh, close to the chest and, like, when we finish it, uh, next time Mike's got some stuff to do, 
we can, you know, do something about the whole of the series. I am. I would be more than happy to do that because this is probably a show I might probably just watch on a weekly basis because it comes out every Sunday. But I think I will too. Yeah, it's not. It's pretty low impact and mm-hmm. it's nice casual watching. Um, it's I'm got looking me wanting to play something that lets me pilot a mech. Oh yes, you're feeling that too. Yes. <laughs> um, my favorite Gundam game. It's really old. It was on a PlayStation. It was uh, Gundam Wing: Journey to Jabaro. Jabaro. I remember that. Game was super fun. I really enjoyed that game yeah. a lot. I remember I used to kill with the gun cannon. Yes. Oh, fight all the. Oh, it's good stuff. So I'm looking here, and it's because it just started airing. Usually they'll give you like um. A set amount of episodes, but yeah. I guess this, there's no, yeah, they're not telling you how many episodes this is going to be. I have a feeling the show is going to be like a 25 episode thing. Just, I kind of, it doesn't seem like a 13 or 12 episode. Yeah. Cause usually they'll say like animatelist.net is where I look. And usually they'll yeah, say, I'm not seeing anything at the moment. I won't trip on it too much. Uh, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I do not see this being a twelve or thirteen episode show. It just doesn't. They're building up to too much uh, that I don't think they could get through all of it within twelve episodes. And I can. Yeah. I, I'm also feeling a season two here. I know it's just the beginning, but I, I don't know. It's it's got like a seven out of ten, which is usually meaning it's just you know it's it's average, but mm-hmm. I, 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 it's seems casual enough and the characters are likable enough that it may come back. I have a feeling it might come back, but I guess I we'll like see. More. Um, I'd be down, too. I like this yeah. world so far. Um, really looking at it just makes me wish there was like a... Uh... Yes, and I I bet you there's going to be a game probably next year. Well, I, I hope. It's like a lot of these things um, you like you won't find a video game for it even though they're just kind of like asking to get adapted like um sword art online there's so many of those now there's a couple of them but none of them really seem like the game anyone wanted no um i mean they did like ones for dot hack but like well it's not quite an uh, isekai story but um i was I'm, I'm still surprised there's no batoon game yeah that's why isn't there? It's a good question. Yeah, it's That's... literally based on the video game. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... And the game it's based on seems like it would be a really fun game. Yeah, it seems like uh. an easy adaption, but I, I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe some of those bombs would be hard to program, I guess. No, it wouldn't. I don't know why there's not a game. That's ridiculous. You have, like, robot... I guess exos, exoskeleton suits. I don't know exactly what they're wearing, but yeah, like powered armor, powered armor. That's what it is, pretty much. And he's just going around blowing up people in an online world. So that's there's really, really not much going on there. And there's a lot of drama and mm-hmm. icky, pervy old fat men. But besides that, it's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Anything you want to uh, say about this show before we get to recommendations? Hmm. I I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this. They kind of we we talked about it a little bit already, but at the end of episode three, they hinted at them something starting to happen. 
and it'll probably kick in, I would imagine, around episode yeah, probably like close to seven or eight when things really start to ramp up, I bet. But um, I, I want to know the direction they're going to go with this. The mechs already look amazing. I'm already I'm already they, they won me over with that stuff, especially when they showed, they showed the gears. I immediately said, I want that. Give me that yeah. now. So, to me. so I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they go with this. And I, I hope they go in a good direction with it and really build it up to something really huge. I mean, Jesus, they had one floating in space. There's going to be some crazy yeah, stuff that's going to happen. Space. You can't take it back. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Once you show us a mech in space. You have you need to continue, especially a medieval mech in space. That's why it stands oh, out. God, yes, like, mech in space shouldn't be that unusual. But this is like yeah. medieval fantasy mech. If you show us space dragons, I'm done. That's I'm done. That's talk you, about you. space dragons. I <laughs> I got something that has space dragons in it, and I don't want anyone <laughs> to take it from me. Okay. All right, no space dragons, space goblins. Yeah, Either way. You you wait for me to do the space dragon first. <laughs> I won't say you ripped me off. Yeah. But I don't know you if won't. I can trust you, you being the other person with the stories <laughs> about space dragons. I don't know if I can't trust you not to yeah. convince, not to tell the world I ripped you off. Okay. I did it on my own. I'm not saying I did it first, <laughs> but I did it on my own. You got time. Don't worry. Yeah. They haven't gone to space yet. You have time. Okay. So so, yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm excited. It's good stuff. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, two things I wanted to mention before we uh, jumped off is that one, I mean, two like really cool things. One is uh, we uh, didn't give enough play to the crazy gun wands that this kid mm. invented. <laughs> Specifically, yeah. his use of them, where he like like through magic, not only uses it like fire spells like a gun, but then like also uses them like jets. <laughs> And flies around. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, are you seeing this?" Like, oh, yes, that's tight. that was cool. That was awesome. And, but maybe the coolest looking thing, like the coolest piece of imagery in the entirety of this show so far, is when you see the king sitting on a throne, and then his mech behind him also sitting on the throne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, God, big gold gaudy fucking crazy ass Gurren Lagan looking thing like I was half to, half expecting the mech to like stand up and cross its arms when the king started talking <laughs> that's episode four don't you worry it's a coming yeah um what would you recommend to people who enjoyed this Esquifone oh my god Esquifone <laughs> I mean, we mentioned it a few times but this is it's oozing Esquifone it's Oh man, I mean the only thing that's a little slightly different is that it feels you know Escaflona is more towards Dragonheart. If anyone's ever yeah, seen that movie, I'd but, say it's more. It's like more. It's a deeper medieval fantasy type thing. Mm-hmm. It's deeper on the fantasy than the mech, but it's got some mechs. Yes, it does, and some crazy mech battles and stuff. But mm-hmm. absolutely uh, Escaflona on that one. Good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I want to say um, on the anime side, I can't remember what I was going to recommend outside of Escaflone. Um, like if you kind of liked what was going on in episode three as much as I did, specifically the whole 
that whole aspect of uh, mech R&D, like testing the vehicle, building it up, all that stuff. I love uh, that. There's an anime called Macross Plus. Yeah. It's kind of like a side story to the Macross franchise. It's specifically about a competition between two different models of the uh, Valkyries, which are the mechs they use in that show, where there's kind of like the building and testing of both of these models to determine which is going to become the standard issue uh, unit of the military. Oh, nice. Okay, I've seen that one. It's pretty good. We're going to watch it for this show at some point, maybe sometime soon, because I think uh, all three of us would really like it. I love Macross. That stuff is Robotech. Those shows are great. Yeah, and I like them both. Those of you who are, like, drawing a line in the sand between Robotech and Macross, fight me. (laughs) Why would you want to do that? They're both good in their own way. I mean, they're really good. Yes. Yes, they are. Strange. Yes, they are. Again, you don't like that opinion. I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fight you to the death. (laughs) Jesus. We have established his love for both. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if you like uh, more of the fantasy thing and you kind of want specifically like deeper fantasy type stuff, um, I guess on the grimier end of things, there's Berserk. Because that's like medieval. It's uh, it has some fantasy elements, but it is dark and it is violent and it is it is extremely well made. But yikes! <laughs> yeah, that's. Scary violin. It's pretty brutal. And it really is. Um, so I have a few for if anyone who has Netflix and at this point who doesn't have Netflix, watch the Voltron series that they've made. It's very much um, sci-fi fantasy-ish, but it's very well done. It's very funny, and it's a remake of the original Voltron. But it's just it's done incredibly well. And I think they're on. Yeah. They just finished season two a few months ago. It's a great show. Highly recommend that things. one. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and if you want something else that deals more with fantasy and, and mechs and stuff like that, also recommend playing the game Xenogears. That is by far one of my most favorite games ever. Yep, 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 yep. How could I not? It's so good. It's so good. So good. I mean, that is like super duper all kinds of fantasy mixed like medieval fantasy mixed in with um, mechs and stuff and it's a great storyline great characters and if you want um something else that's a bit more complex and thought and lots of reading then there's xenosaga you will there's a lot going on in that world that's if, like heavy yeah, heavy if you, fi- if you like the world building then you're gonna love that because that is dense it has its that own is, encyclopedia in game. Yes, it does. I mean, oh, God, that is a dense world. There is a a lot going on in that. I mean, like 90% of the time, you will not know what they're talking about, yeah. and you'll have to reference it in their encyclopedia. It's I just... I think they did three games. Yes, they like did. Three games that would have spanned multiple discs on the PS1. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and uh, they were only like halfway through it, I think. It's a huge, 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 huge game and deep, crazy deep story. So, um, uh, the spiritual successor, because because I think Xenogears 
no, Xenosaga is a sort of successor to Xenogears, and Xenoblade is the successor to Xenosaga, right? That's like some right. of the same people, right? Yeah, so Xeno, Xenosaga is supposed to be the prequel to Xenogears, and then uh, Xenoblade is supposed to be, I believe, what came before. What came came after Xenosaga? I think it's something. I think like the, the, the basic version of it that I've heard is like it's got one or more of the same uh, people, like the same writers, creators, and okay. basically every time this guy would move to another company or get moved to another project, he'd take another crack at this story. Okay, because there is there is I do believe um, an actual connection between Xenosaga and Xenogears. Yeah, I think it's one of the. It's that big gold thing right yeah yeah but it's um oh god it's, it's a there's a ginormous ginormous spoiler for xeno uh, gears and i actually don't want to give that away which that helps you know the connection between those two games and it's just okay. it's like it's when you find out what the reveal is and mm-hmm. how xeno xeno saga came to be i mean xeno gears came to be it's it blow your mind but I, I definitely don't want to give that away but um yeah, those games, they're all about world building. I mean, mm-hmm. that is all they are about. It's so it's yes, world and yeah, all of those. But in regards to this anime, uh, Xenogears in particular, um, I found something yeah. else. Another thing that is uh, Max in the Medieval Sanding, Sanding, setting. It's also a PS1 JRPG uh, called uh, Vanguard Bandits. Mm. It's um, a tactic style game, but I think the way it works is when the characters go into combat, they go into like the big 3D fight type thing, and you'll see the mechs going at it. I don't think I played that. Interesting. Is it fun? Is it really? Um, I haven't played it personally. I've watched a little bit of video when I was thinking about getting it, and it looked okay. It looked pretty cool. Again, if you like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and you like the idea of mechs in a medieval setting... It seems pretty, uh, seems like it'll be right up your alley. I just thought of something else, something mm. probably need to get off my ass and actually get since I do have a PS3 is, um, I think it was called White Knight Chronicles. I've heard about that. I think that might, okay. Yeah, like it's, it's got a, um, I can't remember if it was a PS3 or PS4. I don't remember, but, uh, it's got a pretty interesting combat system that looks pretty realistic when humans are fighting. Hmm. At the the big selling point, the white knight in question has the uh, main character. He transforms kind of like Ultraman style and becomes this giant white mech. What? Okay, I might need to check that out. Like giant robots and maybe like other giant mech type guys. Okay, that's all I need. That's that's you won me over with the word back, so we're fine. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, one more game. This one's uh, really old, and I think it's like a it's available as like a like on the phone, based mm. on how simple it is. I think it came out ninety three, ninety four, called uh, Vi. Vi. It was originally a Sega CD game. How's it spelled? V A Y. The AY, okay. It was uh, one of the er- thing early things uh, localized by Working Designs. Whoa, really? Okay, I huh. Yeah, I think it may have been one of their earlier projects. I want to say it was before, not Star Ocean. Um, Lunar? Yeah, Lunar. Silver Star Story? 
uh, Lunar Superstar Story came out first. The sequel was the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, around the same time, I think they control pretty similarly. Huh. Uh, Vi's pretty. It's a pretty basic RPG, but it's kind of it's good for something you play on the phone. I'm looking at it. it came out in 1994 originally. Yeah, and it, I'm trying um, to. F- it's a plot line centers around mechs uh, in a medieval setting. Huh. I like the design. Okay, I will need to check that out too. Looks like fun. Um, I got one more recommendation for a TV show. Uh, it's not really fantasy, but I still highly re- recommend watching it, just because if you like Max, Megas XLR, it was a show. <laughs> this guy knows. Yeah. yeah giant robots. Uh, <laughs> that show is just, it's just so funny. It's more just more importantly, Joe. Chicks mm. love giant robots. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, sorry, I love, sorry, dig. Love giant robots. This show's the best. It's it's just goofy fun. Um, I mean, it's a really good show too. I mean, the characters are really funny. I mean, the, the, the battles are fantastic. They get put in really awkward and weird situations all the time. And I, I think they built the mech in their in their in garage and a junkyard. That's what it was. It's, so it's got like this. SWAT cats feel to it. It's yeah. um, it's also it's, pretty... it's it's got like a fucking in the cockpit like a Cadillac or something. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. And, oh yeah, the head, like, yeah, the head of it is a is the car. It's Cadillac. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a fantastic show. So sadly, it got cut after the first season, and many people wished it had continued on. But it was a very good show. So that's gonna check that out. It can. That's all I got. Yeah, I think uh, we're pretty good on recommendations. Uh, anything you want to say to the audience before we track down those uh, fucking silhouette gears and load up? Yes. Don't be turned off Crap. by the main character. I know he looks kind of like your typical big, wide-eyed, you know, cutesy little boy-girl thing, and. They can, there's so many animes like that these days, like a truckload of them. Um, just give it a chance. It, it's, um, I think you'll like it a lot, especially if you're into mechs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, could easily fall into a lot of... Uh, it, it's pretty tropey, but it could have easily fallen into a lot more and didn't. Yeah, so that's... that's I the, really appreciate. And that's the number one thing, and we've kind of discussed it before. It's just... They don't go crazy with all these silly tropes, anime tropes. They they hint at them, they touch them a little bit, but they never, never like it's never in your face, which makes it fun. So <laughs> let's go find that gear. Yeah, and take down a behemoth. Yeah, yes. If we die, at least we died trying to take down a behemoth. Yeah, at least we died like badasses. Yes. If you can say that on my tombstone. Die trying to kill a behemoth. I oh. will be okay. No, I think I'd want mine to say died piloting a giant robot. Yes, oh, that is that is a way to go because it'll just the people who read it they'll have so many questions and they'll man. never have answers. What yes, the hell killed him. <laughs> and more importantly, how did he have a giant robot? And now it's just it? and it's just guarding him. Guarding his tombstone. No, see, that's it. That's what you want. You want like a big, like like a 
like entomb yourself in something big enough that the the giant robot can just be kind of standing there with arm cr- arms crossed guarding it. <laughs> oh yes! Oh my god, that would be so amazing. Just standing there looking at everyone. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, that's that's. I want, I want that. I want a giant robot, and I want it sitting behind me in its own throne as I sit in my throne. <laughs> <laughs> Your eternal throne. Good stuff. The opening and closing theme is Synthetic Highway. Please check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. should be preview theme slash promo theme is Anime Rocker. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash Squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash Project Stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook facebook.com slash radio on twitter at radio or through android itunes or google play if you want to talk to the host individually i'm on twitter at Connect. joe is on twitter at magp returns and mike is on twitter at hyper 90s a weird cavalcade of uh, crazy-ass fighters made me think of Scott Pilgrim. Eh. Specifically the live-action film. Like, to the degree that I wanted to call this crop of episodes uh, uh, Aikawa Maki versus the All-Boys School. (laughs) 